What if what your heart yearned for the most was your ancient ancestors and you had no idea? Or a connection with your lineages that could help you recover lost parts of yourself? On this week's episode of Tune In with Marcy, I'm reflecting on how our ancestors help us belong and heal. I share a personal story about the first time I met my ancient ancestors, what they taught me about myself and my own spiritual journey, how a relationship with our ancient ancestors facilitates healing in ourselves and our families, and one simple practice to start building a relationship with your own ancestors right now. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm really grateful that you're joining me today. I am continuing a series of episodes focused on ancestors and Today, my ancestors are really happy that I'm doing this episode, and so am I, because my relationship with my male ancestors gives me a very deep sense of belonging that just feeds my soul. So many people I speak to these days in my client work are really feeling alone, despite the fact that pandemic restrictions are softening. The toll of the pandemic is weighing down on so many of us and to the point where even though, you know, folks are seeing people in person, they may still feel lonely, even a crowd. Uh, Before I kind of continue on this week's episode, I did want to mention two past episodes that I think can contribute a lot to this conversation. And the first is episode 30, where I spoke about the way our relationships with other than human kin, like plants and animals, uh, where we live can remind us that we're never, we're never alone. That's, I think an important one. And another one is, uh, episode number two of the podcast where I reflected on true versus false belonging. So after you finish this episode, if you're feeling hungry for more on belonging and loneliness, Uh, make sure to check out those two episodes because I think you'll like them. So this week, I want to share a personal story and some reflections on the power of connecting with our ancient blood ancestors. I think that's an important distinction. Sometimes when people talk about ancient ancestors, they might talk about that in a broad umbrella uh, or might even use that for like the ancestors of like the spirits of the land. And so this week I'm literally talking about your blood ancestors, like where your people came from. That's what we're talking about. So many years ago, while on retreat, I had the opportunity to connect with my ancient blood ancestors for the first time. The retreat leader guided us through a process to connect with each of the four major family lines based on Daniel Four's ancestral healing methodology. I think Daniel Four is a a great teacher. I really enjoy his work. Uh, So I'll just like mention that now. And as we were going through this process, we tuned into each lineage to really explore a sense of how healthy each line was. So exploring how far back we needed to go to find ancestors that were well in spirit, fully healed, and deeply connected with earth-based ways of relating to the animate alive world. And for me, 
the lineage that was most well was my father's father's people. Those people hail from Scandinavia, um, which in many ways didn't surprise me, given that my deceased paternal grandfather has been communicating with me for years since his passing. And whenever he shows up in dreams and meditation and visions, he, you know, at the time and continuing, of course, until now, but at that time, he was always surrounded by uh, loving, warm light whenever we met. It was always a really beautiful encounter. So in many ways, it didn't surprise me because I'd already been having some really positive encounters with him. And while the wellness of that lineage wasn't surprising, the way they greeted me and showered me with love did. As I tuned in, I saw this tundra landscape, this like really beautiful Arctic landscape. And it was night. Well, maybe it wasn't night, but like it was night, if that makes sense, you know, because in that part of the world, if you go really, really, really far north, um, sometimes it's technically night all day long. But at any rate, the, the sky was, you know, dark, darkly lit and, and lit by the northern lights, illuminating the sky overhead. And there was a community of ancestors that were led by a woman who approached me. And they were cheering and dancing, just like surrounding me with joy. And it felt like a homecoming that we'd all been waiting for, like myself included. So their response surprised me. And then my response to them surprised me because I was finally coming home to my ancestors. And this like homecoming is it's not, um, what do I say? It's not unique to me because I have seen this happen time and time and time again in my client work. So I shared this story of mine. It's a personal story, but really I've seen how it represents a lot of the kind of different experiences of my clients. Um, you know, despite the fact that of course the details may be different, but the sense of homecoming is one that I do see happen a lot for folks and, and that they are, personally surprised, just like I was, about their own response to the ancestors and vice versa. And these images really moved me, bringing tears of joy to my eyes and a really kind of like, it's like a deep exhale that happened in my being. Not like, not literally like my body exhaled, although that probably happened, but it was more like an exhale in my cells. That's the best way I can describe it. And the ancestors wore clothing with a, a mix of animal skins and intricately embroidered cloth that I had not seen before. It was not something that was familiar to me. And then they sang and chanted in, in a sense of like a ceremony as they were encircling me. And they drummed on animal skins. And as I sat there stunned by the images coming to me and the joy I felt enveloped in, I heard a sound that sounded like heaven. And the woman leading all of the ancestors who served as my main ancestral guide was responsible for this sound. She opened her mouth and made a sound towards the northern light sky that sounded like otherworldly. I don't really remember how I described it, but I remember describing it as something like whales, wolves singing. (laughs) I think something like that uh, when I described it later. And she repeated this several times, like looking at me to make sure I was paying attention every time, which of course I was, because I was very mesmerized by the sound. And then she signaled for me to make the sound, 
which I was like, well, I don't know how to make that sound. (laughs) Um, And she shared that the sound was sacred and it was how she and my other ancient ancestors communicated with the spirits of the sky and other nature spirits around them. In fact, indicating that the Northern Lights was like the sacred power, like this ally, this, this big spirit that they worked with, almost kind of like a deity. So when I came out of the experience and debriefed with another retreatant about the sound, um, she really lit up, which was so cool. I wasn't expecting this at all. Um, and she said to me, you know, that sounds like coolning. And I was like, coolning? What, what's that? I asked puzzled and no idea what she was talking about. She said, yes, coolning. Um, and she explained that this was a sound in a traditional, of a traditional Swedish cattle call. Now I'm still trying to learn how to pronounce that exactly, uh, right. But, um, I still, I'm, we're, we're working on it, <laughs> but at any rate, I'd never heard of this traditional Swedish cattle call. I've never heard of this at all. And so I later, later I Googled the word and then I found a clip on YouTube. And when I listened to the, the sound, I got goosebumps because it was the exact sound I heard from my ancient Scandinavian ancestors. I remember when this woman suggested this in the retreat, I thought like I got excited about it, but at the same time I thought like, there's no way uh, that this sound could be like that, right? I just figured it was maybe some Sometimes when you work with spirits and guides, they do things that don't necessarily always happen on this plane of existence. So I was really surprised and kind of totally stunned that this was a sound I'd never heard from before and literally connected to those lineages like in present history times. So in many ways, this sacred sound, the landscape and the other clues I discovered along the way gave me the confidence I needed to trust the visions and the messages and the experiences my ancestors were giving me and to trust the relationship we were building. I was talking about this with someone the other day. You know, I'm very, um, I'm very in, into the woo, right? I'm very into the unseen. I, I consider myself a bridge maker, but I'm also very, very practical. And I have this part of me that's kind of very scientific in nature. And so I, the way that I have come to believe in things like ancestors, um, spirits, ghosts, plants talking to us and things like that is not because I believed it and then, you know, just kind of thought it to be something that might be possible and then tried over time, but rather uh, that I had these experiences over and over and over again um, that then forced me to know that it was true in a sense because I was quite resistant to that. And so um, because my experience is that because my guides and different spirits that I work with know this about me, that there's still this part of me that's kind of, a, you know, very methodical and scientific in a sense and in rational needs some grounding that I, I sometimes need this kind of an experience, this kind of experience like with the cooling where I have something that literally comes up and then it literally shows in the unseen world and it literally shows up in the physical world. And that happens to me a lot. So this really built trust in my relationship, not just this one piece, but there was, there was a lot of experiences like the cool Ning example that I won't get into in, in this you know episode, but they, they built this trust in me that I could trust what was coming to me. 
And when I reflect on the work I've done with my ancient ancestors now, I recognize that actually at the beginning, I expected it to be no different, I think, than the work I've done with other beings like spirit guides or nature spirits or other big spiritual powers. But I honestly, I was wrong. It really surprised me because developing a relationship with my father's father's people, which is where I started and then I've continued to expand from there, um, it started to have some unexpected, massive healing ripple effects on my life. My ancestors supported me to have better psychic boundaries and protection. I often joke that ancestors are the best psychic bouncers. <laughs> They're really amazing at, at providing protection and establishing and maintaining boundaries. Amazing at that. Um, they also supported me to receive intuitive messages more clearly and quickly. I got responses so much faster when I started working with my ancestors. It was really surprising to me. Uh, and that continues to this day. They supported me to discover a new sense of pride for the unrecognized beauty of my Scandinavian ancestral roots. As someone who has primarily an uh, European ancestry, I, for a long time, I just Honestly, I just feel like I felt like just a lot of shame and guilt for how I look and where a good chunk of my DNA comes from. And, you know, there are really nasty histories of how European peoples have impacted the native peoples of the land, the colonized land where I live now in the United States as well as other parts of the world. And so connecting to my father's father's people and recognizing the beauty of my Scandinavian ancestral roots, and then starting to learn about my indigenous ancestors from Scandinavia, the Sami, was, it just really shifted something inside of me and allowed me to actually have some beauty and pride from where I came from, which also in turn, I believe has actually increased my capacity to be with more difficult conversations rather than just collapsing into guilt. Um, and so I do think that there's some really profound healing that happens for us that I'm still not fully, um, able to put into words. And I think I'm still very, very early in the process of, but I think that this process can be quite healing of some of these deep inner wounds from the very troubling, um, histories of racism that allows people with primarily European ancestry to have greater resilience and capacity in really important, uh, challenging conversations and in, address in addressing structural changes that are needed. So uh, not by any means uh, an expert in any of those things. It's more like me just kind of naming that I'm, I'm at the beginning of that journey and I notice how that shift has been quite profound for me because I just didn't realize how much just really a lot of shame and guilt, how, how heavy that was there. And also how that led me to kind of just really collapse in certain reflections, we could say maybe in conversations. 
The other area that this has supported me in is is having the courage to have honest conversations with my father about my past hidden trauma. And in turn, so that's kind of where it started. We started having some really honest conversations about that. And I believe that 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 conversation, those conversations were really facilitated by my ancestors. I called on them to support me in that process. They guided me through those conversations, both intuitively giving me a sense of how the conversation was going, what to share, what not to share, when to share some timing pieces in collaboration, of course, with my therapist and And then gave me also messages through my dreams that helped guide that process. And it's amazing how much that opened up for me to then, for my my father and I to have just really, really profound, honest conversations with each other that then opened me to learn about some ancestral trauma that I hadn't known of and uh, deep wounding and repetitive patterns. And it's just been, it, it just opened up so much for me the relationship with my father's father's people, and then continuing into working with my father's mother's people. They just really have been amazing backers in that healing process, both like giving me courage and feeling like I have backing to have those conversations and that I have literally elders and elders and elder powers in my corner, but also on some mysterious level, like softening things for those conversations to happen. And then finally, I would say, you know, because of all of that, all of what I'm saying, it's really facilitated deep healing in my lineage that's been observed for me, observed in the people that are living today and and some of what's happening there. I also came to realize over time that my ancient ancestors have been communicating with me for a very long time, and I didn't realize it like this, these ancient symbols that I kept seeing in my dreams over the years and visions, but I didn't know what they were. And I later discovered their runes, which are sacred symbols from my ancient Norse ancestors. Or another example is the deep relationship I developed over the years to drumming. And for the longest time, I thought of that as like a personal connection to some parts of my family that um, have a relationship with drums, but I realized later that this was actually very deeply connected to my ancestors. And and what this journey looked like for me was including making my own drum with my hands at a drumming workshop before, and then working with drum, uh, shamanic drumming tracks in my meditations. Before I even knew what journeying was, um, I was working with those drumming tracks and then playing snare drum in high school marching band. And all of these impulses connected to my ancient Scandinavian ancestors who also used drums for trance states and ceremonies. And what I mean is that in essence, meeting my ancient ancestors helped me make sense of past intuitive messages and those that are yet to come. Hey there, Marcy here. Speaking of the power of healing, I believe at the center of all healing is a reconnection to our intuition, the seat of our inner truth and authenticity. Now, the question is, how do we do that? I would say that we learn how to hear and trust our inner voice. That's really what it comes down to. 
And I would love to invite you to watch my free masterclass, Hear Your Inner Voice, where I explore this topic and I explore the three main obstacles to hearing our intuition and how to address them. You will walk away with practical exercises and tips that you can start implementing right away. And those three obstacles that I notice the most are self-doubt, knowing the difference between fear and intuition, and discerning our own heart's guidance. You can watch this free masterclass now at marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to share with you more. One of the most surprising effects of working with my ancient ancestors has been a slow reweaving of culture that felt missing in my life. I spent the majority of my life building a spiritual home in many traditions that I didn't grow up with. For example, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism through classical yoga. And while all of these traditions nourished me in different ways, I always felt like something was missing. And so I inevitably kept spiritually seeking. My, my heart yearned and ached for something deep that I couldn't put words to for a very long time. And I think for a very long time, I believed that I was searching for God and then the divine and then the universe, the nothingness. And in a sense, that was partly true. But I didn't finally understand what I was searching for until I met built relationships with and learned from my ancient ancestors because I now believe my pull to seek was an attempt to answer their calling underneath and that I was seeking a spirituality that was really steeped in their lost cultures. So in other words, the spiritual meaning I was seeking all along was the spiritual teachings long lost in my own ancestral lineages. And now don't get me wrong, the spiritual traditions that I spent time in were super meaningful and many of them continue to shape my own thinking. But I really feel like they were kind of stepping stones that slowly prepared me for and opened me up to then eventually landing, you know, metaphorically on my ancestors' doorsteps. So I often think about my my own early immigrant Swedish ancestors who felt pressure to assimilate and how their language slowly died off. You know, it wasn't that long ago that my aunts, my father's father's people came here. My grandfather, you know, grew up with Swedish in his household, but did not learn how to speak that and did not pass that on to my dad. So it makes me sad that that language, for example, which is one piece of connection to culture that was lost, or my Scandinavian ancestors who missionaries converted to Christianity. That was not the ways of uh, the people of the land there. They were later called, you know, pagan. But really what was left behind was earth-based ways that um, at least the Sami, who are the indigenous people that continue to live there, continue to maintain and Some of them continue to maintain in some form. I also think about the medicine woman in my lineage who knew what herbs could heal and whose wisdom also became lost over time. And reweaving these lost family history stories and elements of culture have felt like 
honestly recovering lost parts of my soul and create a deep-rooted sense of belonging and purpose in my life. So when I was preparing this week's episode, the first ancestral guide I met from my father's father's side appeared. And she's someone that I continue to work with and I have just a really deep love for. And she had some really important messages that she wanted me to share with you. She was basically like, get out your pen, get some paper. I have some things I want to share. (laughs) So here's what she had to say and she wanted me to share in this episode. There's so much beauty that comes from remembering our ancestors. When given the chance, we can reweave a person's relationship to place, person, and community. We remind them of when and how they belong. We share stories long hidden, facilitate healing in the living, which may otherwise be difficult. We serve as the elders so many seek, the spiritual teachers they long for. We know a person's destiny and their potential. We facilitate conversations long lost and release the burdens often carried. We are essential to any healing process and will be the first to greet people when they pass. In other words, when they die. We serve as the family, regardless of how unwell a person's family is now. The last thing we want to share is the unconditional love and joy we can bring that not many humans who are incarnate can bring. And that last piece, well, first of all, all those pieces for me, when I, after I wrote it down and then I was looking back at it, I was like, yes, all of that <laughs> feels true to me. And this last piece about the kind of love and joy that they share, I just find for myself personally, that's been so nourishing and healing. And I have seen that to be the case for many of my clients as well. Um... You know, because humans in this incarnate form are really infallible, we have our own stuff, but our ancient ancestors are no longer kind of stuck. The ones that are truly well in spirit are no longer kind of stuck in the um, kind of the, you know, the ego humanness of things. And so they are really available to share a certain kind of love that I think sometimes can be difficult to find and that I think ultimately we we yearn for. So if any of what I've shared so far resonates with you or stirs like a spark inside of you, if you've been a spiritual seeker and you sense that what you're seeking are the very bones of your own self and ancestors, then I have a fun practice to start reweaving your relationship with your ancestors. And that is to create a playlist of music that connects you to your ancestry. Choose music that reflects the lands where your people are from or has meaning to your family. Find songs that reflect the goodness and blessings from your lineages. After all, we we all have blessings, even amidst the burdens. And these songs can reflect a feeling or a culture or a region or a language. Most importantly, remember, there's no right or wrong way to do this. What matters is that the playlist is meaningful to you. And... I spontaneously started creating my own playlist several years ago when I first met my father's father's people. After I came home from retreat, I just felt, you know, I did this kind of Googling of cool Ning and, and found it and then decided, well, let me see if there's any tracks on Spotify and let me create a, uh, you know, a playlist. And 
Um, and so that I could listen to the sacred sound every single time I tuned into my, to connect to my father's father's people. And then later I added some traditional Sami folk songs that reflected the indigenous sounds of my early ancestors. And then I added Celtic music to reflect my father's mother's people. And this playlist continues to slowly grow and evolve as I learn more and more about my family's histories, lineages, traditions, and as I build a relationship with each lineage's ancient ancestors. I turn it on during days when I yearn for deep connection, when I want to remember the roots of my being, when I feel sad and want to remember I'm never alone, or when I feel joy and want to celebrate with my ancestors. In many ways, this playlist has become a beacon, much like the prayers and offerings I share with my ancestors. Just through the click of a button to push play, I can call my ancestors near or pull myself near to them. It's a really beautiful practice, and music has this really powerful way of being a portal. So now I have a question for you. Did you love this episode as much as I and my ancestors did feel like creating it? There was so much love that um, I feel like I and they put into this. And if so, I'd really be so grateful for you to share this episode with one friend. One of the easiest ways to share this podcast episode is to use the share button on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. And Apple's, you know, apps like these really make it easy to copy and share the link or even simply share through a direct message to your loved one. I know this is really my favorite way to share podcast episodes myself. So I just want to thank you in advance for spreading the inspiration and ensuring that more people get to benefit from this show. So that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we will continue this series focused on ancestors. For now, I want to leave you with my personal mantra, which is being you takes courage. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.